Hi, I'm Rachel Morris and this is episode two of You Are Not A Frog, how tiny habits can produce big results. Welcome to You Are Not A Frog, the podcast for GPs, doctors and other busy people who want to thrive rather than just survive. Now, working as a doctor is as demanding as it is rewarding, and navigating the high-stress culture at work leaves many of us feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. You may feel like a frog in boiling water. Things have heated up so slowly that you didn't notice the extra long days becoming the norm. You may feel trapped and that you have no control over what is happening. Let's face it, frogs generally only have two choices, stay and be boiled alive or jump out of the pan and leave. But you are not a frog, and that's where this podcast comes in. You have many more choices than you think you do. There are simple changes that you can make which will make a huge difference to your stress levels and help you enjoy life again. I'm your host, Dr Rachel Morris, GP turned executive coach and specialist in resilience at work. I'll be talking to friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this, so that together we can take back control to survive and really thrive in our work and lives. In this episode, I chat with Dr. Catherine Hickman, a GP who's lived through an episode of burnout. She describes how making tiny changes, just one thing at a time, resulted in radical changes to her life. She now works as a GP and as a tiny habits coach. Here we talk about how to use this technique, what's really going on, and how to keep making those small changes that really count. I'm really pleased to have on the podcast today um, Dr. Catherine Hickman. And I first came across Catherine through a mutual acquaintance, actually, who I was in a, a community with. And he said, oh, you've got to talk to my colleague. And so we got on the phone and we had a good old chat. And I said to her, Catherine, I really need you on the podcast. So Catherine, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, Rachel, for having me on. So yes, I'm Catherine Hickman. I've got many hats, but um, I am a GP working in Bradford. I'm respiratory lead for Leeds and Bradford. And in my inverted commas spare time, I do coaching and in particular coaching the technique called Tiny Habits. So I was intrigued about this Tiny Habits coaching because as you know, I do a lot of training in organisations for resilience and well-being, And the problem is getting people to actually be able to put what they've learned into action. I think it's really easy to go on resilience courses and just get overwhelmed with information and feel even more stressed because they're not making the changes that we needed to make. Yeah. I was really interested to hear about the tiny habits stuff and it'd be really good to hear about that in a bit. But, but Catherine, I just um, wondered, you know, how did you first get into the tiny habits stuff? What's the story? Yes. So going right back about four years ago, what I now recognize as burnout, burnt out as a GP partner. And as part of my recovery, I read a book, which I'd kind of read, thought, well, I kind of wish that I'd read about five or six years ago. It was was about um, the burnout physician, and it's written by a guy called Dr. Dyke Drummond. Looking at solutions as to how you can avoid burnout. And one of the things he was talking about was a technique which he calls as the squeegee breath which is sort of clearing your mind like a squeegee for clearing windows before you call the next patient in which again all seems a great idea but it's how do you remember to do that when you've called the next patient in you think oh god I haven't done that squeegee breath that I was meant to do so he talked about this thing called tiny habits which was the brainchild of a guy called Dr BJ Fogg who works at Stanford University and it's about making a behavior so tiny that you are able to do it without relying on motivation or when you are at your most stressed or overwhelmed and you link the tiny behavior to something that you are doing anyway as a routine 
something that is automatic. So the example he used was after I wash my hands, because obviously you're going to wash your hands after you've seen that patient, I will do one squeegee breath. So literally just one deep mindful breath and then go and collect the patient in. And it just, it was something that just really resonated with me and I was able to implement it very quickly. And I do it on a regular basis. And I tell patients that now I say to them, you know, I've, I've just done that breath that I've just taught you before I called you in to clear my brain of the last patient. So I'm ready for you. And so, yeah, I was fascinated by it. And I suppose that led me on to do more research into tiny habits. And then I, I went on to train as a, as a tiny habits coach. And it's safe to say that tiny habits has definitely sort of changed my life. And I'm trying to use it in all aspects of not only my life, but my children's lives and also my patients' lives as well and my clients. Wow. So how did it help you? So apart from the squeegee breaths, how else did it help you recover out from this episode of burnout? Yeah, when I burnt out, I was, I really was at rock bottom. Sort of the defining moment, and I was thinking back about this before I, before I came to chat to you today. So I, I went to pick my daughter up from school and it was on the same day that I decided, you know, I'd written my resignation letter. I was off to meet the partners to tell them I was going to resign. And I went to pick my daughter up from school and the teacher said, oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Hickman. Abigail's been bitten on the nose. You know, unpremeditated. It was just somebody pulled her hair and she turned around, she'd bitten her on the nose. And then the teacher said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I know how you feel. And I remember thinking, actually, you've got no idea how I feel because I don't actually feel anything. I, I had my arm around my daughter, but I didn't feel anything. I actually felt quite irritated with the fact that I was going to have to deal with her being bullied and she's going to be upset. And actually what was preoccupying my mind was I was going to go and resign for my partnership. I had no job to go to. I was the main breadwinner. And that was when I realized I was absolute rock bottom. I'd forgotten to sort of care for myself and if I wasn't caring for myself I was actually unable to care for the people that were meant the most to me in the world but I had no idea where to start with that care because I was so overwhelmed and I was you know already juggling everything else and, and dealing with everybody else in my life and still working as a partner but I needed something to start to look after me and so this is before I'd even come across tiny habits and the whole thing started with meditation I opened a a tweet again you know I wasn't even following social media I was just sort of aimlessly scrolling through Twitter and I saw a tweet from Emma Watson and I just clicked on it and it said about headspace and meditation I'd never done meditation no idea what it involved and she said something like oh you know have you tried headspace it's kind of magic so I just started doing it every morning just opening up the app and doing I think it started off with a couple of minutes but it gradually evolved to sort of 10 minutes of meditation every morning and I would do it after I'd had a cup of tea so when I look back I'd, I sort of designed almost like my own tiny habit where I'd got my anchor I always had a cup of tea I linked the behavior that I wanted to change which was the meditation and I started doing and it was just started as a, as a ripple effect in my life because I was starting the day with something positive that was purely for me and then when the kids came down, I wasn't snapping at them because I was relaxed. And, you know, my daughter said to me last year, she said, oh, clearly not meditated this morning. <laughs> like, well, they know, they can yes. tell when I am taking time out for myself. So once doing that, then other things mm -hmm. started happening. And I, I would sometimes do it at night, so I would sleep better. And when I slept better, I would be less stressed. So I'd have a healthier breakfast and healthy breakfast kind of thought, oh, maybe I could start doing a bit of exercise again. And it just, small changes just started happening on the back of that one tiny change that I made to my life. Wow, that's really powerful, isn't it? One small thing that you 
do is then starting a snowball with other habits as well. So what's the underlying theory of the tiny habits? So it's kind of what I alluded to before. It's about making this behaviour so tiny that you can do it regardless. And I think when people think about tiny, they think about, oh, well, you know, I'll do, you know, I don't know, half an hour meditation or 15 minute run. But actually that would be classed as quite a big behavior. Yeah. Whereas tiny is something as simple as, you know, so say you wanted to eat more vegetables, it would be after I open the fridge, I will pick up a carrot or <laughs> I will take one bite of a carrot. Um, the other one that I that I did personally, I wanted to drink more water. I hate water. I tell my patients to drink more water, but I thought, right, so I'll do it. So after I fill the kettle up, I will fill one pint glass of water. And that's all I did. I didn't touch it. I didn't drink it. And now that habit has grown. And I now drink two pints of water before I leave the house. And it's become almost like a bit of an addiction. I have to drink the water. Hmm. In order to remember to do it, you mm. need some, some sort of prompt. So rather than relying on alarms or post-it notes that eventually just get ignored. So they're, they're great to start off with, but then you just you have a house covered in post-it notes that you don't actually see. So it's about attaching that behavior to something that you are already doing, which, which we call anchors. And there are such things which are super anchors, which are, for example, teeth cleaning. So you clean your teeth morning and night. When you go away, you clean your teeth. Even if you go camping, you clean your teeth. Something that you are doing regardless of the change in environment. And then there are other anchors. And once you start writing down, you realize that your day is full of anchors. Washing your hands, flushing the toilet, turning the shower on, turning the tap on, turning the kettle on, walking in the door, putting your keys in the door. And it's about attaching a behavior that you want to change. So something big... So it could be running for 30 minutes three times a week. So that would be your big goal aspiration. And you would drill that right down into something as tiny as after I walk in the door, I will put on my running shoes. And that's all you do. And then I haven't touched on the the most important part and the, the sort of key part of tiny habits, which is the celebration which all sounds a bit quite daunting to people in the UK. (laughs) It can be as simple as a smile. That's all it needs to be. But what it is, it's a positive reinforcement that this is something that you want to do. So not something that you should do, but something that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's reprogramming your brain to say, I feel good. So just like, you know, somebody who's um, practicing their serve or scores a goal or, you know, practicing the piano, you know, it, you're reinforcing it feels feels good to do it when you celebrate Mm. so whereas in America you might like high five yourself probably in the UK just smiling a little little smug smile yeah I learned you know I learned with uh with Americans in in a zoom group oh my goodness and they're all absolutely going for it and I was (laughs) high-fiving all over the place yay go girl (laughs) exactly but actually it's got to be personal to you Mm. because if you don't if you, if you don't want to do if you don't want to do that celebration then you're not going to do it and then the tiny yes. habit won't work but yeah. it's not as you know, just something simple or a yes or that's all it needs to be so say i want to drink more water and i've every time i put the kettle on i pour myself a pint glass full of water yeah how do i get from just pouring the water and leaving it there to like two pints a day what happens after that so i suppose what happens is just the habit grows so once i poured the water it felt a bit weird to just keep putting this pint glass of water next to my cup of tea i thought oh well i might as well just have a sip because it's there so you have a sip you know you realize that actually it's actually it's not that bad and you know i want to do this i do want to drink more water 
and then the cup of tea and the water goes with you and it just becomes a, almost like a reflex that you're just drinking so it, this is a question that everybody asks you know how long does it take for the habit to become automatic and it really it really just depends so I mean I use it in my daily life now and sometimes I will design a recipe and it, it will become automatic very very quickly if it's something that I really want to do but other times it, it can take weeks there's no exact time frame it just seems to grow and if it's not growing then you need to think do I want, actually want to do this or do I feel that I should do it and if I still do want to do it then it's like well actually maybe the recipe is wrong you know if you write a recipe after I get out the shower I will have one bite of an apple you know if the apples aren't in the bathroom then you're not going to do that you've got to the environment has got to be right the person's got to be right and the behavior's got to be right so yeah after I walk kitchen I'll have a bite of an apple that might be better Mm. so you've got to want to change the habits yes so it's no good trying to do something that actually bottom line you don't want to do that's that's not going to work no exactly because your brain will say I don't want to do this No 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 amount of celebration is going to to change something so for example like you know wanting to eat more vegetables and then you sort of commit to eating more kale when actually you really don't like kale Mm. Um, no, no amount of celebration is going to force you to make a kale smoothie every morning but there are other vegetables that you do like so maybe ditch the kale and go for something else mm. so it makes a lot of sense this trying to form habits because our brain is very used to habits isn't it whereas trying to do things through willpower our willpower gets very quickly yeah. depleted doesn't it exactly Exactly. And that's the the whole thing. So tiny habits doesn't rely on on willpower. And that's why the behavior has to be so tiny that you can do it when you are at your most burnt out or stressed or overwhelmed. Mm. Um, Because otherwise, if you don't do it, when you like that, your body will clock that up as a failure. And then you're more likely not to do it next time. And sometimes you will have grown the habit into that, you know, running three times a week for 30 minutes. But there will be times when you walk through that door and think, oh, my God, you know, I'm I'm exhausted. Everybody's shouting at me, dreadful day at work. So you revert back to the tiny habit and you put on your running shoes and you celebrate and you're a success. Mm -hmm. You, You succeeded because you've done the tiny habit and your brain then doesn't see you as a failure. They see you as a success. And the next time you walk in the door, you'll be fine and you'll go for the run. So you can actually rewind back if you've managed to build it up, but it's better rewinding back to the tiny habit than rewinding back to nothing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's having that tiny habit in place so that you don't feel like a failure when you don't do it and your brain going, you see, I knew you wouldn't be able to run Mm. 30 minutes times a week, but once you put your running shoes on, yeah, you've done it. You've done it. You've done, you've succeeded. And it's just sort of, I suppose it's being kind to yourself, isn't it? It's recognizing that we all have bad days at work. We all have, you know, stressful jobs and actually just being able to recognize that from you to you is really important. So does the tiny habits work if you want to stop doing things? It is a whole different mechanism, but I suppose what you can do, so, you know, bad habits start in the same way as good habits. So emotions create habits. So that's the whole idea of celebration creates a good habit. But equally, when you're feeling a bit rubbish about yourself and you reach for that ice cream or the cigarette or the glass of wine, that's how bad habits start. So I suppose it's for the tiny habits, it's about trying to replace bad habits with with good habits in particular. And there's there's a lot more work going on behind the scenes about using tiny habits to break habits as well as form good habits. But I think the focus at the moment is very much on 
creating the good habits. And so almost the more good habits that you get into your life, the fewer bad habits drop off. That makes a lot of sense. I know that when I'm really tired and feeling stressed and I get home after a long day, I will just walk to the fridge and open it up. (laughs) And if there is a big block of cheese on the top, that will be gone. But actually, you know, beating myself up and trying to not do that, it should be better if I had a bite Mm. of a carrot. (laughs) And then if I ate the cheese, I'm still celebrating the fact I've managed to eat a little bit of a carrot. Exactly. And it's mm. doing, that's right. And it's about doing the good thing first. I mean, this is what I say to patients, you know, you know, after I walk in the kitchen, I will have one almond and then you can eat six donuts, but you've had your almond <gasps> first. Yeah. Um, like it. <laughs> and hopefully one almond will turn into, you know, 10, 20, and then you'll be filled up and then you'll eat fewer donuts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. What tiny habits have you had success with in your surgery? So I know you mentioned the squeegee breath, but I think there's so going to be a lot of people listening to the podcast who are feeling overwhelmed, feeling like I just need to get on top of things at work and I'm not quite sure even where to start. So what have you found you've had success with in the work environment? You know, I'm a self-confessed phone addict. So, you know, I quite often have my phone next to me on my desk, you know, so it'll see a patient, have a look on my phone. And in fact, yeah, going right back to this. So one time I got home from work early and I was 45 minutes early. And my husband's like, how come you're home? I was like, I think it's because I left my phone at home. I'm like, <laughs> 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 so actually adding about 45 minutes of my day just by, ins- you know, mainly checking mm. my phone. So one thing I do now, so after I take my phone out of my bag, I will, and I, I, I say, it's, I think it's called the Forest app, and I just set a timer for 120 minutes and just put it in my coat pocket. So after I take my phone out of my bag, I will set my app and, and put it in the corner. And that it starts off a seed and it sort of grows into a tree and it, it tries to stop you going into your phone if you try and and that yeah it's, it's transformed my surgery actually it's made me properly run to time and not get distracted if it you know I use that excuse oh you know what school phones it's like well actually it's my husband's number that is at the top of the, the list for contacts not mine anyway so <laughs> not me so yeah it's been absolutely fine are you constantly stressed and thinking about work does your laptop come with you on holiday Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash get your life back. I've used it with my patients with good success as well. I had a patient that walked in recently and she said, you don't recognise me, do you? I said, no. And she, she'd come to see me a few months ago and said, oh, I've just bought this running machine. You know, I'm try- I tried to run for 30 minutes and it was a disaster. And I said, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. And, you know, I talked to very quickly through tiny habits and I said you know drilled it right down to putting your running shoes on that's all you need to do and then step on the running shoes and it will gradually build up and she came to see me she'd lost three stone in wow I didn't recognize her and it all started from that tiny habit now I'm not saying she's not necessarily lost it just from running but it being that ripple effect because she'd started exercising felt good about herself ate better mood everything had improved I I genuinely didn't recognize her so yeah and 
obviously my, my passion is also respiratory. So, you know, I'm designing some tiny habits around getting people to, to take their inhalers. So I always say to patients who, you know, are struggling with their inhalers to take them, do you ever forget to clean your teeth? You know, nine times out of 10, people say no. It's like, well, there's your anchor. You know, after I pick up my toothbrush, I will take my steroid inhaler. And then I say and celebrate and they look like I'm, look at me like I'm mad. But, you know, they're already doing something that they can link that, you know, medication yeah yeah so it's interesting to me that when you wanted to stop playing with your phone or stop looking at your phone in between patients what you didn't do was say right I can't do that and put it away you actually did something instead which was putting that app on the phone so it's a positive action to get the result that you needed yeah and so I've got another one at the moment so you know when I listen to podcasts I love listening to podcasts but I don't always remember to do it but my podcasts you know podcasts are on my phone so I've just, um, just, you know, when I pick up my phone, after I pick up my phone, I'll say podcast. So is this an opportunity for me to listen to a podcast rather than dive down a rabbit hole of Facebook for the next half an hour? So, yeah, I mean, that's, I've, I just designed that last couple of days. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And the other key thing about tiny habits is that you practice it. So, again, so going back to the sort of, you know, people you know, practicing a serve or practicing the piano, if you design a tiny habit, it's a good idea to, to practice it. So like the one for the phone. So I just, I, for five times, I just picked up my phone, podcast, and then put it down. I went, yes, and celebrate. I just did that five <laughs> times. Because otherwise, it's quite an alien concept. Um, mm. And you can get to do it. But if you practice it, it feels quite weird to do to start with. But once you've done it, you realize why it then leads to the more chance of that recipe working if you've practiced it first. So it's all about trying to just get stuff into our subconscious all the time so that it's not having to think about it. So can you just talk us through the recipe for a tiny habit? So the recipe is very simple. So it's after I, and it always has to have after the anchor has has happened. So the anchor is the prompt, the trigger to make you do the behavior. So after I, and then you attach your tiny behavior to that, and then I will celebrate. So for example, after I turn on the kettle, I will fill a glass of water up and celebrate. That's it. Wow. Yeah, really simple. Yeah. Wow, that is really simple. So I thought, Catherine, could we try out, could we try a tiny habit for me? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So I've had quite a lot of back pain and I've been, I've had some treatment on my back and I really want to get it moving. And I think that yoga would be quite a good way of getting it moving. And I've been to see a yoga teacher who's given me sort of a 10 minute yoga workout in the morning to really stretch my back but I'm finding it really difficult to actually do I've probably done it twice in the last week but I know I feel better once I've done it so as a tiny habits coach what would you be what would you be telling me so you're I mean from what you're saying you want to do this yeah because you know that it will get you feel better if you Mm -hmm. do it so you need to think of some anchors that you're doing in the morning so it could be as simple as after I get out of bed or after I turn the kettle on. So again, so that could be something that you could do in the kitchen or after I close the shower door. So, so the things that you're doing in the morning, um, mm-hmm. think of an anchor that you can link it to. And then there are two ways that the behavior that you can make the behavior tiny. So either you make it well, tiny behavior. So for example, so if it was 10 minutes of yoga, you would make that something like one stretch. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, um, after I get out of bed and put two feet on the floor, I will do one stretch, so arms in the air, mm-hmm. whatever the first step of the 10-minute of the sequence is. Or you can do what's called a starter step, 
where you would prepare something that then led on to the behavior. Say you could do it the night before. So after I uh, walk into the bedroom at night, I will unroll my yoga mat. Mm-hmm. So when you get up in the morning, the yoga mat is there as a kind of, okay, it's there. Okay. Prompt um, reminder. Yeah. yeah. Or after I get up in the morning, I will unroll my yoga mat and just, and that, and that's all you need to do. So when I first did the online, when I was first coached in it myself, that is exactly the one that um, my coach went through. So he would get up in the morning, go downstairs, unroll his yoga mat, and then go back to bed. And he had his <laughs> yoga for two hours every morning. And two all, hours? Two hours. And it all started with him on just literally just unrolling his yoga mat. Wow, that's fantastic. So if you become a, a tiny habits guru, you get to do two hours of yoga every day. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I like the bit about going back to bed. I can certainly see myself doing that. And I think one of the, you know, what I always do before I do anything else in the morning is actually put my contact lenses in. Uh, Oh my God. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So that's a super anchor because you would do that wherever you were in the world, wouldn't you? Mm. Mm. So yeah, so that's, yeah. And I like the idea of contact lenses are just one stretch and then I can smile to myself and then, yeah. And then what the idea is gradually, if I then think, oh, right, well, I'm here now, I might as well. Yeah. Keep yeah, going. I'm it. It feels good. I do actually have 10 minutes. Let's just let's just see see what happens. Mm. One stretch becomes two. And then before you know it, you've done the full 10 minutes and feel really good about yourself. And then if I don't have the 10 minutes because I've got up late, which often happens, I do a stretch and I go, brilliant success. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah. So there's no beating yourself up about the fact you're not doing it. You know, you failed anything exactly. like that. Because you know what? We beat ourselves up. Mm. already especially as women and I was thinking about this earlier especially as women especially as mums you know we, we tell our kids not to be cruel to themselves or other people but we are so cruel to ourselves so often and that kind of inner critic voice and I, you know, I say to patients so you know would you be friends with this voice mm. in your head absolutely not no well why why are you allowing it to be part of your life and I think this is partly why we behavior change is so difficult is because we it's just an added layer of beating ourselves up oh great once again I have failed uh, whereas mm-hmm. actually this I think this it's a, it gives people hope more than anything and when you're at your lowest ebb you don't have any hope you you know you just you don't know where to start and and the thought of doing something good for yourself can't you can't imagine can't imagine it so I'm, I'm interested what would you say now to your old self, you know, the, the self that was on the edge of, edge of burnout, having learned what you've learned about all this behaviour change and self-compassion and tiny habits? I think, I suppose that the bigger message that it, it's okay and it's right to stop and be kind to yourself and stop putting everybody else first before yourself. I liken myself and I now talk to patients about it like a Jenga tower and, you know, and people were just taking jenga blocks out of me and then they were sort of putting them back on top and that back on top was a bit like the kind of mental load that we talk about and just seeing all the the washing and the getting people ready for school and the gym stuff and the paying bills and all that and then i think all it took all it took for my jenga terror to collapse was one email a relatively innocuous email that probably needed a rude response rather than a breakdown but that was the final jenga block that was taken out and everything just collapsed and so for me now it's about having a bit of 
blue tack or whatever you want in between my Jenga blocks. And it's actually, it's up to me as to whether I give people that block rather than other people taking them out. So it's about sort of having a stable Jenga tower rather than a very unstable one that is loaded on top. Mm. Yeah, just about putting me first and knowing that that is not a selfish thing to do. Actually, it's the most selfless thing that I can do because, you know, if I'd put myself first when my daughter had had her nose bitten, I would have been there for her rather than completely and utterly distracted about knowing how I was going to resign from my partnership. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. And that story when you said, you know, you didn't feel anything, that's, that's a, such a, a salient symptom of burnout, isn't it? The lack of empathy you feel completely numb and can you imagine where my patients were down that pecking order mm. if that's what I was feeling my daughter I literally yeah I was I hope none of them are listening but yeah no, I felt yeah, I felt nothing towards them at all it was awful and that was my job that's my job to be there for them mm. and I wasn't I wasn't there for myself so I definitely wasn't there for them so yeah so the tiny habits well obviously tiny habits in themselves won't help with stress and burnout what they lead to will do and so for you it was through using the tiny habits to give yourself that mental space to make sure you attended to your own well-being. Was there anything else you did that was particularly helpful in recovering? I saw a coach. So that was when I I sort of said that I was going to resign and we were being coached as a partnership. And they said, you know, why don't you have the session one-to-one? So I did. I, you know, I just sort of remember talking for about three hours. I think she only asked me five questions (laughs) and she summarized it all up for me. And I said, thank you. And she's like, why are you saying thank you? She said, that's what you've just told me. I was like, oh my, I need to get out if that's the case. That was very powerful. Having some, yeah, some coaching was very, very valuable. I suppose the the meditation was very powerful. Um, And at the time I thought it was the meditation that was kind of magic, but actually I think it was that the, the whole, the whole concept of the ripple effect and just doing something small and positive for you. And actually, again, so when I looked into tiny habits, so, you know, but they, they collect, you know, BJ Fogg is a, is a behavioral scientist. So he's interested in the data and he's collected data from over 50, 60,000 people online who have practiced tiny habits. And the one habit that becomes automatic for the majority of people is, is he calls it the Maui habit. So after I get up in the morning and put two feet on the floor, I will say today is going to be a great day and celebrate. And it's very similar to what I was doing. I was doing something first thing in the morning, positive for me and he talks about it in his TEDx talk that you know it it really does create this sort of ripple effect for people and also the after I put my head on the pillow I will say one thing that I'm grateful for so you're Mm -hmm. sort of bookending your day with something positive in the morning and ending something positive so you can say that I'm grateful for something and then you can go on to have all these catastrophic thoughts but you have started the night off with something positive and it may be hopefully the catastrophizing gets less Mm -hmm. there's lots of evidence isn't there that actually keeping a gratitude journal sort of listing three things a day that you're grateful for and actually if you're going to apply tiny habits to that it's just saying one thing you don't even need to list it or just saying one thing and then that starts to completely rewire your brain and then you start to walk around looking for things that you're going to write in your journal that night yeah definitely and I I do that so I use the five minute journal but I've got the app on my phone and it you know I think it probably started with just literally just opening the app because sometimes like I haven't haven't got five minutes but Mm. now it's very much automatic and I have you know I've retrain my brain to sort of rephrase what's just happened argument with husband <laughs> made up no as opposed, to, as opposed to focusing on you know what you know, what went wrong and my 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 little boy so I was just looking he's <laughs> 
he's eight and he's he writes us every night so what will I do better tomorrow not oh. throw a flip-flop at mummy or <laughs> at mummy's head yes but he also writes what went well today as well so it's he's sort of celebrating the positive and also you know flipping it what I'm going to change tomorrow obviously it doesn't change but it's work in progress Mm. so you sound like you've got a load of apps actually that have been really helpful are there any others that you can let share with us definitely not facebook (laughs) (laughs) what else yes there's five minute journal there's the forest app and then the podcast podcast player so the other one for the exercise was the seven minute seven Mm. minute workout app so again uh, you know it's not tiny but it's kind of something manageable. If patients are saying, can't do it, I haven't got time. You, you definitely have seven minutes. And if you haven't got seven minutes, you have the time to open up an app. So, yeah, so that's, you know, after I pick up my phone, I will click on seven minute app. And it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to do it, but just for that process. And then it starts talking to you and saying, do, do a star jump. So you could do one star jump and it doesn't matter. Mm. You don't do any more than that, but that's a start in the right direction. Brilliant. What are you going to do now to prevent yourself from burning out in the future? I suppose continue doing what I'm doing. It's being hugely self-aware as well. And I I suppose I use tiny habits as my default. So I said something the other day, I don't think I'll ever feel overwhelmed again. That's probably fairly bold statement but actually it's recognizing right I'm getting overwhelmed here or what I'm being asked to do is overwhelming but I'm just going to stop. I'm going to break it down. What can I do to make this less overwhelming so you know I've got a piece of work on at the moment which is you know writing a you know writing about emergency asthma and it's all yeah it just seemed a bit overwhelming to start with but I've just broke it down so I'm just doing um 25 minutes which seems quite a lot but 25 minutes every morning and actually I've managed to write it quite quickly because that's it that's the other thing that um has really helped us I mean the, the Pomodoro um technique yes. so in very simplified form so you set aside 25 minutes and you set a specific task that you're going to do and you are only allowed to focus on that one task so you know people interrupt you say I'm I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of something I'll, I'll speak to you at the end of it you don't look at your phone you don't answer the phone you don't check emails or anything and it's just 25 minutes of really focused uh, concentration and then you have five minutes break and you just start again whether it's on that or something else and that's that's really helped as well because 25 minutes is is kind of like a it's, it's a very manageable time so if you're doing something that you're not really enjoying actually 25 minutes is okay so I've introduced that to the kids as well we'll do 25 minute tidy up and that is it you don't have to do any more and actually to them 25 minutes has become quite a manageable time frame as opposed to you know three hours three hours of tidying your bedroom we'll do 25 minutes if I can tell they're on the edge we'll break it down we'll just go to like three minutes three minutes and that's it mm, that sounds really really sensible you can get Pomodoro apps for your phone yeah, can't right. you yeah yeah different uses great well if people were interested in finding out more about tiny habits or having some tiny habits coaching where can they find out more information yeah, so i can post a link so i offer a five-day free online coaching in tiny habits which is you get some videos from bj fogg explaining about methodology of tiny habits last about 30 minutes and then it's a five days coaching it should only take a maximum of three minutes a day you get a semi-automated email that asks if you've done them and if you're going to do them tomorrow. And then I will be interacting with you and sort of say, well, maybe that didn't work because the apples weren't in the bathroom, they were in the kitchen. Make it tinier and are you celebrating that kind of thing? And then, yeah, hopefully it grows from there. 
Great. So how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so I will post that in the link. Yeah, it's a, it's a form you fill in and then we'll just it will automatically. Great. Great. So we'll we'll put that in the show notes and encourage people that are interested in this to yeah. yeah get in touch with Catherine, give it a go. And I think there's loads of stuff there that we can use within our surgeries as well. I think we think sometimes we don't have any control over how our day goes or what happens in our day, but actually there are really small things that we can do that I guess added together make a make a big thing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'd love to get you back, actually, because I'd love to chat a bit more about emotional load. Yes. I think for women, that's a really big thing. Well, that as well, actually. Um, But a lot of us are carrying a big emotional load. It's important to, I think, recognise that and see what we can do about that. But thank you for coming on. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to join my mailing list and find out more about the podcast and resources for resilience, then please go to wildmonday.co.uk or get in touch with me anytime on Twitter on Dr. Rachel Morris or email, which is rachel at wildmonday.co.uk. So thank you and hopefully see you all for the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do subscribe to the podcast and also please rate it on iTunes so that other people can find it too. Do follow me on Twitter at Dr. Rachel Morris and you can find out more about the face-to-face and online courses which I run on the youarenotafrog.co.uk website. Bye for now.